Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. I'm thankful that you have joined the program today. I'm thankful to be your host, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be with you each Tuesday at 11 a.m. I will remind you once again of our website, www. MarsHillCoc.org. Again, MarsHillCoc.org. And we have a great deal of information about our congregation, but you can also find our contact information there. You can send us a letter at 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee. You can contact us by phone at 615-203. 3637. And you can also send us a message directly through the website and we'll receive that. And um, certainly we would love to hear from you. If there's any way that we can help you, uh, any comments that you would like to share with us, anything at all, we would love to hear from you and to know that you are listening to our program. We have been studying the Church of the Bible and today we continue that study. And today we are going to look more so at its designations and how the church is referred to in scripture. What we learn about those designations, what that teaches us about the church of the Bible. If we are not a part of the church of the Bible, then what are we a part of really? We need to make sure that the church that we are members of is the same church that we read of in Scripture. And yes, the church is referred to in Scripture. It is not only mentioned, it is taught about. We are told exactly how the church was to be established, what it was to be established upon, and how it was founded on Christ. We've talked about Jesus as the foundation of the church. And upon this rock, how it was built, the rock of faith, the rock being faith in Christ. It is built upon Christ. And last week we talked about its origin, how it began around A.D. 33 in Jerusalem. And how it was prophesied to be established, to be begun in Jerusalem. And how it was in Acts chapter 2. We read of the establishment of the church. But today we're going to look at the designations of the church. What the apostles were given. What they were taught in, in regard to establishing the church of the Bible. This is the church that we want to be members of. Not a church that is created by man. Not a church that is founded by man. But we want to be a part of the church that is founded in Scripture. That is grounded in Scripture. We want to do everything according to the scriptures. Before we get into our lesson for today, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous 
Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the time, for the opportunity that we have been given to study your word together. We pray, Father, that you would bless us, not only in this moment, but in every moment that we have to serve you, to learn more about you. We pray that you would help us to grow in our understanding, help us to have the knowledge that we need to be able to share that with the world. And we pray, Father, that you would continue to bless us always. We pray that you would bless us in our individual situations, whatever we may be dealing with personally. We pray, Father, that you would help us to overcome the temptations that we face. Help us to remain faithful always to you. Father, we want to take a moment. Today is uh, an election day for us, and we want to take the moment to, to thank you for the leaders that we've had in our nation. We want to thank you for our nation, for the um, not just those that lead it, but, but for each uh, of our fellow citizens. We pray, Father, that you would guide us in a very difficult time because it is a very difficult time for all of us. As we are in the middle of uh, this pandemic and this virus that we are dealing with, uh, a virus that we know very little about, we pray, Father, that you would help us to, to, to overcome it if possible in this life. We pray, Father, that you would help us to be able to, if it be your will, to return to a sense of normalcy, something that, that we have not seen in months. There are many concerns in how to deal with this virus, and we pray, Father, that, that whoever is elected, our president, uh, on down through the government, we pray, Father, that, that as decisions are made, that these leaders would look to you, that these men and women that lead us would look to you for guidance. Help us as much as is possible to be one nation under God. As we have been so long, may we continue to be, may we look to you and may we serve you. We pray, Father, that you would bless us. And help us in whatever decisions are made in the coming days. Help us to be humble and to be accepting, to be supportive in any way that we can be. Thank you, Father, for the lives that you have given us. We pray that you would continue to keep us in your care until we uh, find the end uh, of everything that we have lived for here on earth uh, until we find eternity with you in heaven as you have promised. We pray that you would be with us always. Thank you for your son, for his sacrifice for our sins, for all that he means to us. And it is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. As we get into our lesson for today, we have been going through the Bible, and we have been comparing the voice of history to the voice of God. What we have been taught about the church from man and what we are taught about the church 
from God in the scriptures. We have been comparing this and and I've been referring to this as taking a test because we are taking a test. We are making sure that that putting the church that we are members of to a test, comparing that with scripture, that they are one and the same, that we are talking about one church. Man teaches that there are many ways to salvation. There are many ways to heaven. But the Bible teaches of only one way, and that being through Christ. If our church is not founded by Christ, if its foundation is not in Christ, then it cannot be the church of the Bible. We're not talking about the same church. What we end up talking about is something that man created versus what God has created, and those things cannot be. These things must line up with what is taught in Scripture. If it's not according to the Scriptures, it is not the church of the Bible. And I, I hope that you understand that. I, I hope that you understand that, that whenever we teach these things and these lessons such as these, that we're not being mean. We're not trying to, to be mean in any way. We're not trying to be judgmental, but we must teach the truth. And I hope that you see that that's exactly what we are doing, that we are teaching the truth and that we are doing so in love. I love you. We, as members of the church, we love you and we care for you. No matter what you believe, no matter what you practice, we love you. But we love you enough to tell you the truth so that you can be sure of your salvation, so that you can be sure of the church that you are a member of, so that you can be sure of an eternity with God. That is our desire, not to be mean-spirited, not to say that ours is better than yours. That's not our aim. Our aim is to teach the truth, that we all be grounded in the truth, that we all be children of God in the way that he wants us to be, serving in the way that he wants us to serve. And with that, we get into our lesson for today, the designations of the church by apostolic authority. By the authority of the scriptures, the authority given to the apostles. The, uh, just, just looking at what they taught us about the church and what we are taught about the church and how it is referred to. These things are important. I, I have sort of a, a lengthy list, but I'll try to move through it quickly. Uh, I would like for us to get through all of these today, if possible. There are some very important points that you need to understand, some very important things that we are taught about the church in the Bible. 
First of all, I want to look at Christ. I want us to look at Jesus. I want us to look at how Jesus referred to this church, the church of the Bible. If the church that you are a member of, if the things, if these marks do not line up with what your church teaches and practices, I pray that you would consider carefully what you are a member of. We need to, again, be the church of the Bible. Let's go first to Matthew chapter 16. A passage that we have looked at often in this study, almost every week we have opened up to Matthew 16. Why? Because the teachings of Matthew 16, and in particular what is said in verse 18, these things are of the utmost importance to our understanding of the scriptures and what they teach about the church. Remember that Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And what is Jesus referring to? He is referring to the great confession that Peter made in verse 16. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says about his church in verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, meaning rock or stone. And on this rock, not Peter, but the rock of his confession, it would do no good to found the church on Peter. Peter was a man inspired to preach God's word, yes, but he was a man. Peter is not without fault. As a matter of fact, throughout Scripture, throughout the New Testament, we are told of many mistakes that Peter made. Peter was constantly growing and was never really at a sense. I hope that we never come to a sense where we feel like, we have arrived. Peter was always improving on his life. Even after he preached the, the great sermon on the day of Pentecost, uh, a sermon that ended in teaching the faith that he had and why the people needed to have that faith, imparting that faith to them. They believed, they obeyed, the church was established. And even after that, Peter is not without fault. We see a time where even after he carried the gospel to the Gentiles, there was a time where there was conflict between, uh, at least within himself, and how to deal with the Jews and how to deal with the Greeks, the, the circumcised versus those that are uncircumcised. And Paul ends up calling him out on it. Peter was not without fault. It would do no good to found the church on Peter himself. But what Jesus says here in verse 18 of Matthew 16 is that on this rock, the rock of Peter's confession, I believe that you are the, the Christ, the son of the living God. And upon this great confession, the church is established. But I want you to notice what Jesus says about the church. On this rock, I will build my 
my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The church is referred to as my church by Jesus Christ. Can you say that the church that you are a member of is Christ's church? That it belongs to Jesus Christ? Is it the same as the church that Jesus promised to establish? Notice how many churches Jesus promises to establish my church. Not my churches, my church. There is but one. And anything else that we ever read about or learn about that is not his church, it is not the church of the Bible. That's very important to us as Christians. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22, and let's notice verse 30. Luke 22, let's notice what it says in verse 30. And by the way, if you're not aware, I am reading from the New King James Version. Luke 22, verse 30. That you may eat and drink of my table in my kingdom. Let's go back up to verse 28 and get the context here. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Jesus is here speaking to his own apostles. Uh, there is dispute as to, to who is greatest in the kingdom. And so Jesus is addressing that. But in so doing, he refers to the church as my kingdom. My kingdom. John chapter 18 and verse 36. John chapter 18 and verse 36, my kingdom, Jesus says, is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. There is a belief that that the kingdom is yet to come. That somehow that Jesus failed in establishing the kingdom that he was meant to establish. And that he is going to come back. That he is going to return to establish his kingdom. Many say on earth. But what I want you to notice here is that Jesus is speaking of my kingdom. 
but he's not speaking of something that is far in the distant future and establishment. But he is speaking of something that is close at hand. He is speaking of a kingdom that is going to be established in a short amount of time. He is speaking to his apostles. He is telling them of what is to come. But this kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. It's not something where Jesus is supposed to reign on earth. What we're taught about in scripture is a spiritual kingdom. A spiritual kingdom that would be established, that Jesus would reign over, that Jesus would rule by the authority of his word. And that is the same as the church. When Jesus established his church, he also established his kingdom. And it is not something that is to come, but it is something that is already in existence. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom is synonymous with the church. It is the church. Jesus Christ is king. He didn't fail. He will never fail. He never could fail. He never can fail. He never will fail. He didn't fail in his mission. His mission was to establish the church. And he did so through his apostles on the day of Pentecost. Even after he had ascended back into the heavens, the church was established with them, with their teachings. It is referred to as the kingdom of heaven. Let's go back for a moment to Matthew chapter 16, and this time verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The apostles were given the keys of the kingdom. They were given the ability to open up its doors to those who were willing to accept and obey. And they did. Interestingly enough, we know that that this is spoken. uh, It seems almost as if this is spoken directly to Peter. And if that is the case, then it's interesting that Peter did open the doors of the kingdom initially, not just on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, but also to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. He opened the doors of the kingdom on two occasions. But it is the authority that was given to the apostles. It is by the authority that is given to the apostles that the church is established, that the kingdom is established, and it is referred to as the kingdom of heaven. The apostles were given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. John 3 and verse 5. John 3 and verse 5. Jesus is speaking here to Nicodemus. And Jesus says in verse 3, Most assuredly, I say to you, 
Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? That is not the case. Nicodemus is obviously not sure of exactly what Jesus is saying. It seems rather ridiculous, and I think Nicodemus thought it to be rather ridiculous that one would be uh, born of his mother's womb again. Why would Jesus say that? But the truth is that Jesus is not saying that, and he goes on to clarify what he is talking about in verse 5. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Born of water and the spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, verse 6. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from. And where it goes, so everyone who is born, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. What Jesus is talking about is being born of water and the Spirit. Born of water in baptism. Born of the Spirit and that the Spirit saves us through our obedience culminating in baptism for the remission of sins. Just as Peter said on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 when he told the Jews, to repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Baptism, the physical act, but also the spiritual act in that it brings us to contacting the blood of Christ that 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 remits, that forgives our sins, that covers our sins. And then We are born into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, my kingdom, my church, as Jesus said. The church is designated by these terms. And that is whenever we we read them in scripture, we're talking about the church of the New Testament that was established, that was promised by God. Christ Jesus. Is your church referred to in the Bible by Jesus? Is your church the one that belongs to him, that is established by him through his apostles, through their authority, the authority that was given to them by Jesus, Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19. Is that the church that we are talking about? Is your church the one that we are talking about? Is it the one that you read of in Scripture? I have some other terms that I want to go through, and we'll not take the time to do that now. I could go through them quickly and give you the verses and let you look them up for yourselves, but let's go through them a little slower. Let, let's take our time and we'll do that next week, Lord willing. 
But what we've looked at today is the designations that Jesus gives the church. And next week, we'll look at the the way that the apostles referred to this church. In much the same way that Jesus referred to it, let's again make sure that we understand that what is the church of the Bible, that, that we're making sure that we are members of the church of the Bible. I thank you for being with me today, and I look forward to the opportunity of being with you again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Until we meet again, may God continue to bless you.